Hey guys, it's Kylie. Another edition of Miss Kylie's Peculiar Guide for Ladies and Gentlemen in the Art of Cookery and Household Management. So this week I read a book on submarine cuisine. It was actually called Submarine Cuisine Recipes of the Silent Service by Edward Monroe Jones. Mark got it for me as a gift um, not too long ago and it lets you know a lot of recipes that they actually served on submarines. Um, most of the notes are um, from different time periods, so some of the recipes and, and tips vary from like 1920 all the way to the present. I think most of these are older tips and smaller submarines that I pulled from uh, that I wanted to talk about. So a few cool facts that I found out about submarines and eating on a submarine. Um, whenever they left port, the rule of thumb was to make sure that the food was loaded for 120 days if they were going out on an extended run. They needed to feed around 190 people, and of course this varied by, sh uh, by boat. Boat? Yeah, <laughs> this varied by boat on how many people were on there, um, smaller numbers towards the beginning. But they needed three meals a day. It takes about an hour and a half to prepare and set up, and it's usually served buffet style. One submarine cook also said that he served a line uh, once with Maine lobsters that he would get while in port. So they would sometimes get nicer meals while they were in port because they could go offshore and, and grab some fresher foods to have. But then once they're out at sea, who knows what they're going to get. So just to start, each sub has a supply officer. They have control over the boat's commissary and the supply functions and, and the watches that he does while he's on, uh, on, uh, on deck at sea. They're not central to his job. They also have a committee on the boat and the menu review board, and they're the voice between the crew and the supply officer. So they help decide what meals they're going to have and if the crew's happy with the meals that they are having. Uh, the cook's title changed over the years many times from cook to commissary men to mess specialist and culinary specialist, which I think, if the book's uh, up to date, is what they're still called now. Enlisted men got an allowance for their food as part of their pay, and it was given to the boat in order to serve their meals. If they chose not to do this, then they had to pay for each meal like officers do. Menus are prepared for a five-week period, and then they're posted for each week so they can see what they'll be having. Breakfast was usually served between 5 a.m. and 6 a.m. Lunch was between 11 a.m. and noon, and dinner between 5 and 6. This was as long as each man takes about 15 minutes to eat because the mess only fits about 30 men at a time, so they would have to rotate and go through. Modern fleet on a, a sub consumes... 4,000 pounds of beef, 3,000 pounds of sugar, 1,200 pounds of coffee, 120 pounds of tea, 2,000 pounds in chicken, 1,400 pounds of pork loin, 1,000 pounds of ham, 800 pounds of butter, 3,400 pounds of flour, and 11,520 eggs. Each boat, they have, um, they're short on room and space for supplies, especially in the beginning. Um, so the beginning, they started serving really basic meals, one-dish meals. Um, and then the men also had to eat in their bunk because they didn't really have a mess area. The crew ate in thirds, and they would relieve each other on watch shifts in order to be able to eat so that they could keep that rotation going like clockwork. Sauces were really common with some of the recipes, and they had two bases that they used for pretty much everything. So there was a basic tomato sauce, and that's where all of the Italian and Mexican dishes um, derived from. And then there was a white sauce that was made with butter and flour. Basically, it's a roux base. 
There was usually one chief cook and four petty officers that were cooks, and then three mess cooks. Breakfast often revolved around cereals and eggs, sauces and fruits, but sometimes they would mix it up and have a dish of creamed dried beef. It's they also called it foreskins, and it was served on toast, and that would break up their pattern so that the food didn't get so monotonous. Um, so some neat facts. Uh, whenever they were baking cakes, sometimes they were on an uprun. If you baked your cakes during this time, they might come out wedge-shaped. You had to be careful, too, because hot grease and oil could easily get sloshed around, and it could lead to burns whenever they're out there um, in heavy seas. Heavy seas, uh, the food could also slide off the tables, so you just had to be really careful. Sometimes they had to not cook the planned menu that they had posted and then instead make sandwiches or, or easy dishes. And then the mess would stay open for 24 hours so people could just grab it if they could stomach it. <laughs> and uh, some tips were whenever they had soups and such seas to make sure that they had extra crackers out they would chomp those or chop those up in there and really make it more stable so it didn't slosh out and it was easier to eat um, soup was commonly made from yesterday's leftovers in general they actually liked having it around and the thicker the better they often made it with beans and crushed uh, the beans in it to make it a thicker consistency and it was usually served between meals and at odd hours um, one sailor told the story, and I hope this isn't all the way true, um, that fresh water was limited to drinking water, and except for the food, uh, the cook got to do it during food prep. He got seven cups of water that he was allowed to wash up in, um, in a bucket. So before he was going to work in the galley, he would take a little bucket bath. He would start with his face and neck and hands, and he would use either socks or skivvies for his rag, and then he would clean his trunk, legs, and feet. And then he would wash the socks or skivvies in the water. The part I hope is not true is it was rumored that some cooks would actually add that water to the coffee urn then. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. So storage of the food was always an issue. Um, coffee and flour, they, they made use of every space that they can. So coffee and flour were placed in the torpedo room and on the outboards of the engines. Sugar was stowed in dry waterways. Cans of evaporated milk fit under bunks. Potatoes and sacks were stored between the machinery and the pump room and in the mess benches. Radio men even sat on number 10 canned goods so that they could eat their way into having more space on the boat. Um, some were said to trawl for crabs or lobsters sometimes. If they weren't in a, a zone where they actually were on active duty, they would be able to do that. Fishing was really hard because it just wasn't practical, but they were able to uh, trawl for the crabs. I think that's fascinating. I really, really hope that's true, too. Um, not everyone liked everything that they had, and it's another favorite of mine, that if they didn't like something, that they would shoot it out the torpedo launcher or out their garbage. I don't know if that's true. For some reason, rice was one thing they talked about that, for whatever reason, they don't even understand it. They would always get really poor quality rice, so they would shoot it out the torpedo launcher. Anyway, I had fun reading about some submarine tips and how to cook and the recipes that they have. Um, the recipe for dried, uh, I'm sorry, creamed dried beef, or as they called it, foreskins from Charles Brown, is going to be on my blog at kyliehatmaker.blogspot.com.